Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aww, yeah? In this week's podcast, Ethan and I are talking all about our favorite series from 2020 that you can watch in 2021. You'll find a great variety of series here from comedy, animations, thrillers, and historical dramas. So there's definitely something for everyone. And as always, if you head on over to our Instagram at reallife.english, we have some bonus series for you there as well. So if you'd like to know for additional series that you can watch this year, head on over there as soon as you finish watching or listening to this podcast. Oh yeah, boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and exciting way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're stuck in traffic, in line at the bank, signing some documents, or even cleaning your windows. Oh yeah, I'm joined here in the virtual Barcelona studio, as always, by the lovely Andrea. How's it going, Andrea? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Have you been cleaning your windows to let in some more of that winter light so you don't freeze? No, but it's something that I need to do. It's something that's on my mind. Like I can see them right now because we had some bad weather mm -hmm. over the weekend. We had lots of rain. That's true. So now I'm looking at the windows and they need a good clean. <laughs> something I guess to do this weekend, right? Definitely. And I can listen to a podcast while I do it as well. And yeah, that's a that's a great way to turn a something that's a chore into something that could be enjoyable even, right? Exactly. So it's not the nicest thing to do. But you know, if you're killing two birds with one stone, if you're doing something that you enjoy while you're doing it, it's not so bad. Exactly. I always like it while I'm like cleaning the dishes or cooking or things like that. I find that's a really great way to, as you said, kill two birds with one stone. So another thing that you might need to do after you do some chores is like sit back and relax and watch a TV series, right? Yes, that's something we love to do and something we did a lot of in 2020. Same, I think because so many of us were kind of trapped at home for more hours than, than usual. A lot of our weekend plans had to do with having to entertain ourselves at home. So like, I think watching series is a great way to do that. I think we also have a bit of expertise, being that we have our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV series. Definitely. I mean, there's, oh, we have so many great lessons on there. And <laughs> by coming up with this list as well, I can see there's a lot more that, you know, we can have in the pipeline, some great series that maybe we haven't made any lessons on yet. Um, but definitely there were some great series in 2020 and obviously due to the pandemic, we were at home a lot more. So we watched a lot more TV and luckily there were some great series that still came out that year because obviously they were made before mm -hmm. everything started. Uh, maybe this year it will be a bit slower, but definitely I'm excited to share some of my favorites. I feel exactly the same. And you said we'll have to add some of these to the pipeline. What does that mean? So if something is in the pipeline, it's something that is going to happen. It hasn't happened yet, but 
It's kind of maybe even in the backlog, you could say something that is pending. <laughs> oh, there's lots of different ways to say it. Right. <laughs> it's really funny. I think it's a uh, good terms, all, all of them that you could probably use at work in some sense to talk about, you know, that something is uh, not being done yet, but that it's going to be done in the near future. Definitely. So that said, we are going to get into our list, which I believe we have around 14 series to share with you, which will be a lot of fun to learn English with, to practice your English listening with. And I think we have a really good variety too. Uh, Andrea and I have a lot of, we have kind of, I think, a lot in common as far as our taste in series and movies and things like that. But I think we also have a lot of different tastes. So I think that has made this into a really fantastic list that anyone listening to this, at least if you watch TV series, I'm sure you'll be able to find something new that you will love to binge on. For sure. And what do you mean by to binge on? We use this a lot nowadays. So if you binge on a series or you're maybe binging on Netflix all, all weekend, it means that you are kind of, for example, watching all the episodes in a season of a show. You're watching a lot of it without stopping really. So we use this also like, it originally I think comes from like binge drinking or something like that. Like people will go on a binge where all weekend maybe they're consuming alcohol. But nowadays we kind of use it in this playful sense with like series or other other sources of entertainment and things like that, right? Exactly, yeah. I think we used to use it a lot for food as well. Like if you went on a chocolate binge, for example, so it just meant that you were <laughs> eating a lot of chocolate during that period. Which I think we both were uh, not too long ago with the, the Christmas holidays. Yeah. So that's a great point, I think, for us to jump into today's shout out. So today we have a shout out for Merv, who is a student of our Fluent with Friends course, I believe. Uh, and I actually got to meet her a few weeks ago. We were testing the app that we're building. So you guys will be hearing a lot more about that in the coming months. But Merv was such like a, a bright and a friendly student. And she seems like she is doing a fantastic job with her English. So I'll let you do the honors, Andrea. Great. So it's titled The Super Duper English Podcast. Hi guys, this is Merv from Turkey. I'm an avid fan of your podcasts and always raring to go for the next one. Your amazing work gives me a boost and I'm trying to go the extra mile all the time. Thanks to you, I quit my reserved and somewhat insecured personality and came out of my shell. More than that, I've got to know different people via your fluency circle to practice English. Now we have established a bond with the help from you guys. Thank you very much and keep up the splendid work. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that is such an awesome shout out. Thank you so much, Merv, for taking the time to do that. I think we could actually maybe define a couple of the expressions and the words that she used because there's some really great ones in here. I'm not sure if maybe she picked some of those up in the course, but she said, first of all, that she's an avid fan and she's always raring to go. What do those mean? Mm. So if you're an avid fan, it's like saying you're a super fan. Another way of saying that, you know, you you absolutely love it and you follow it and if you're raring to go it means you're excited for the next one you can't wait for it and you always have lots of energy to listen to it or to do that thing and she says that she goes the extra mile what does that mean so if someone goes the extra mile they do that little bit extra in whatever it is they're doing so maybe mm -hmm. if you really want to work on your English if you have a goal that you want to achieve then to go the extra mile you'll know the things that you have to do the extra things to do it like to get there faster maybe 
And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, a way of describing that is to go the extra mile. Definitely. And we've helped her come out of her shell. What does that mean? So if you think of a turtle, maybe that's hiding in its shell, maybe it just wants to be alone or it's shy or nervous, but then to come out of your shell means that, so when she's saying that she's reserved or has some insecurities, she's a bit shy, but Mm -hmm. This has allowed her to be more open and to come out of her shell more, to have more confidence. Fantastic. And finally, what is the Fluency Circle? So the Fluency Circle is a global community that you can join when you sign up to one of our courses. And there's thousands, well, there's more than a thousand members now, isn't Mm -hmm. there? Fluency Circle, (laughs) which is incredible. And... It's a great way to connect with like-minded people, other people doing our courses, learning English. It's a really great community. Yeah, I think you could find a lot of people who also enjoy, just like Merv, listening to this podcast. So if you're listening to this and you're wondering how you can connect with other people who have listened to it, I think people will even like chat about the latest episode in there. So that can be a great way. So that said... Uh, If you want us to shout you out, it's really simple. Just head over to Apple Podcasts, which is what Merv did. Or you could also go over to our blog, reallifeglobal.com, and find this podcast episode. And if you leave a comment there, then we might give you a shout out. So the other really great thing about this is that it helps other people to discover our podcast and have a lot of fun learning with us. So that said, we are going to try something new today. We have our burning question. So Andrea, first of all, what is a burning question? So if you have a burning question, it's one that has been on your mind a lot and you really want to ask this question. Exactly. So that is a really fantastic expression that you could use if you have a question that you're really wanting to ask someone. So I think we get a lot of burning questions from people about how they can improve their English. And so we thought it could be interesting maybe to include in this podcast, maybe every episode or every couple episodes, answering some of our listeners' questions. So... Today's question comes from Look at the Moon 77 over on Instagram. And what did he or she say? I'm not sure by that name which it is. <laughs> yeah, so this person said, Is it better to learn British or American English? And that's a fantastic question. I think it's one that we get all the time. And we've actually maybe discussed that a little bit on this podcast. But what would you advise people, Andrea, when they, as far as this question? I really think that it's down to personal preference. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here because, I mean, if you have a preference of learning British English or you want to perfect a British accent, then, you know, you should work on that and that's totally fine. It's not that one is better than the other. Definitely, there's a lot more resources if you want to learn American English because a lot more of our media is from America. So you'll have lots of great resources, but I think, I mean, if it were me, I would like to learn both because I think they're both very interesting. They're both different. And if you understand both, then you understand a lot more natives. Because if you just stick to one, when you hear like the other accent, you might find it more difficult. Yeah, that's a hundred percent true. I think that Uh, If you do choose to do that, if you do learn both, it's still important that you know, like certain expressions, are they used in the UK or the US? So depending, at least if you have the opportunity to speak to natives, that you know, you know, like this expression, maybe an American wouldn't understand, or maybe a Brit wouldn't use this so much. So I think that can be handy. But I, I totally agree with you. If you're trying to lean your focus, maybe in one direction or the other more, 
what I might recommend is kind of just do some discovery, like, you know, uh, learn about the history, learn about the culture and see what really captures your attention. What are you drawn to? Because I think that's such a motivation when you're learning a language is when you're completely passionate about the culture. I know like for me in learning every language that I've learned, getting interested first in the culture for me has been extremely useful. So I don't know, you can cook recipes from that country. You can listen to the music. You can watch TV series from that country. And so if you're not so sure, like uh, our fan Look at the Moon said, then you could maybe experiment with watching a British series and American series. Maybe try cooking some recipes, maybe study the history a little bit and see which one kind of grabs you more. And um, maybe you already have some sense of this as well, just from your experience with having digested some media from the two different cultures. So I think that that can be a really great way to kind of see, you know, where do I really want to put my focus? That's some great advice. <laughs> so hopefully, that has helped you look at the moon 77 and a lot of you others out there and let us know over on Instagram or on our blog page for this post uh, what you thought about this new section. If you like it, you know, we're not doing a quote today. So how maybe that compared for you to that. And you could also let us know if you have any questions, any burning questions that you would like us to answer on a future podcast. So again, just head over to our Instagram at reallife.english or over to our blog, reallifeglobal.com. And if you go to the podcast section, you'll be able to find this lesson about 14 of the best series to learn English within 2021 or for 2020. So that said, I think Andrea and I are itching to get into today's topic. All right, Andrea, I'll let you do the honors of, of picking the first one that we're going to talk about. So the first one we're going to talk about is The Crown, and we're both fans of this series. And just thinking about what we were just discussing, this is a British English one. So if you'd like to learn mm -hmm. about the British English accent, maybe, then it's a great one because you're going to learn like how the royal family speak, as well as others, because there's lots of different topics and historical events that have happened throughout the series. So it's a really great one as well to learn about history, because although it's not completely accurate obviously some elements will have been changed you know or maybe dramatized to make it more interesting it does you know go from the history of when queen elizabeth ii came into power and lots of key events that happened throughout the years yeah i absolutely love this one and it's one definitely that i did not think that I would like because I really never had like any interest in the royal family or anything. And I thought it was something maybe that's, it, to me it seems as an American, I think especially, it seems like something that's really outdated to have a monarch and everything. And I think us Americans were very anti, you know, anti kings and queens and anti uh, dictators and things like this because the whole country was founded on becoming independent from the crown. But I was completely surprised because I think that this series, it's so interesting actually seeing what the role of the queen is, which I think it's, she has much harder work and she's been alongside every single prime minister since she came to power, you know, um, and informed so many decisions that were made and helped to like really guide and I think to inspire the British people uh, through a lot of really difficult times. So I love history and everything. And I think kind of seeing it through the lens of what the queen was doing during all these different times has been absolutely fascinating for me. And 
And also, I think it's really, really interesting because as an American, I'm getting to learn a lot about some different British English and especially that uh, the Queen's English, as it's called. And I find that absolutely fascinating, like the way of pronouncing different words and even some of the expressions they use. I think there's some expressions that even I would have thought maybe were a little bit informal, but that they will use in this series. Yeah, it is completely fascinating. And I love mimicking them as well. I just like to practice speaking the way the Queen does because it's so different to how anyone else mm-hmm. speaks and what I loved about the most recent season season four was that it's kind of coming up to more events that I remember as well like with Princess Diana mm-hmm. and I grew up in a household that was very pro Princess Diana and everything so it was really <laughs> interesting to see how these things were depicted so that you have more of a clear view of both sides as well so that you're less biased That's true. And it almost lets you see behind the curtain, we might say, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think the actors are amazing. And I'm so excited for the next two because there will be two more seasons as well. That's the great thing. If you haven't watched Mm -hmm. it, you've got four to catch up on and then you've got two more to come. And again, it's coming into the 90s. So maybe things that you remember or things that are happening now. Like I wonder if they're going to talk about the whole Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, you know, leaving and moving to Canada and then America. And it'll just be really interesting to see how they show that. I suppose they could even get Meghan Markle to play herself, right? Yeah, maybe she would want to. <laughs> so I think that's a really fantastic one if you're wanting to discover British culture. If you have that doubt, like we were talking about, I think this is a really great place to jump into it. And I've absolutely loved that aspect of the series. And just to mention, we do actually have a really great lesson on Learn English with TV series, which is the Queen's Speech. So it was actually requested, I think it won one of our polls on YouTube. And we actually used Mm -hmm. the original speech that the Queen made, but also the one from the Crown as well. So if you are a fan of the series and you haven't Mm -hmm. seen that lesson, it's a great one. Fantastic. So what is the second one, Andrea? So the second one is Dead to Me. Mm -hmm. This is another one that both of us watched this last year, right? Yes, and this one's on Netflix as well. And I think... Have there been two or three seasons? I can't remember now. I think it's... I think it was two. I think the third one is going to be coming out this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It stars Christina Applegate, who Mm -hmm. I really love. She's been in lots of things that I've watched over the years. And I think she's a producer as well of it. Oh, it could be. Yeah. One of the things that I love is like that she and I, I don't know the other actress's name, but that they play such like opposing characters that they're complete opposites, but they kind of like in the series, they become best friends and they end up like living together. But it's a very strange premise, isn't it? It is. It's a hard one to talk about, I think, without like giving anything away or giving out right. any spoilers for people. But maybe we can describe the first part i guess where christina applegate's husband is killed in a car accident and Mm -hmm. then she meets this this lady who becomes her friend and she was kind of involved in the whole thing and it's very there's a lot of drama involved there's quite a few scary moments as well i think i think even Mm. in season two it, it it gets better it gets more dramatic like it has you on the edge of your seat as well in a way great expression for this what does that mean so it means like you want to see what's going to happen next like Mm -hmm. you can't just sit still and relax and watch it like you're waiting there (laughs) waiting to see what happens yeah you can think of someone like literally 
sitting on the edge of their seat, like trying to get closer to the TV to see what's going to happen, right? Exactly. And we said before also the word premise. What is that? That's like one that you might use a lot when you're talking about series or movies. Like what's the premise of this series or what's the premise of this movie? What does that mean? So like the storyline, what it's all about. So I think that's a really useful one because since there's like so many series out there, especially uh, I think one of the causes of there being more and more series is like now uh, before we just had like Netflix and now there's also Prime and HBO has come out with their own platform this year. So we're seeing all of these great series coming out, but I think they have to have like more and more bizarre premises and stuff so that it's not something that people feel like they've already seen. Definitely. I think that's why on our list, there's such a range of things that you can watch. So there's definitely something for everyone. Wouldn't it be great if there was some way to understand real English without getting lost and without getting bored? Well, now there is. With our real life native immersion course, we will take you on a 41 week real life adventure of the English language. Each week exploring a different topic connected to our goal to help you understand and use real native English and make it a permanent part of your life in a way that is fun, natural, and convenient. The best part is you can try it for free with our three-part power learning series. We will send it to your email. Just go to reallifeglobal.com pod, that's P-O-D, to sign up. Now let's get back to today's podcast lesson. So maybe the next one we could look at, it's one of my favorites definitely that I've been watching the last couple of years that also has a very bizarre premise. What's that one? So it's Killing Eve. And I think I started watching this one a little bit late, but I did start watching it last year as well. And I've only seen the first two seasons, but it is fantastic. Like I absolutely loved it. I think the acting is amazing. I think it's so great because there's lots of different accents as well. So you're going to learn British, American, like Russian, English, like Villanelle. She's just so incredible who basically is an assassin and she has, she does lots of different accents. And the amazing thing about her is that she's actually from Liverpool <laughs> and you would never imagine that she is from Liverpool with the different characters that she plays in this show. Right. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that really blew me away is I, I imagine like the actress was Russian or something because the character is Russian, but she does, she speaks like with a perfect French accent. In the last season, actually, I mean, uh, she came to Barcelona and there's a scene where she's speaking Catalan, which is the local language. And I know people from here were like flabbergasted uh, hearing that she actually learned Catalan for that part. Oh my gosh, I have to watch it. I didn't know she comes <laughs> to Barcelona. Really? I'm going to watch it tonight now. Is that in season three? <laughs> That's in the new season, yeah. Oh, wow. I have to start watching it again. I didn't know that. That's so interesting. I think that this one's it's the characters are just like so fantastic and everything. And the other main character who is like a like a secret agent, I guess you could call her, that's that's living in London and works for is it MI5? Yeah, MI5 or MI6, one of those. Mm -hmm. And what is MI5, MI6? Yeah, so it's the secret service basically mm -hmm. in in the UK. So if you think of James Bond, He's, exactly. he's a secret service agent as well. But she's American, so it's kind of like these two characters you're hearing, like, uh, and Jodie Jody Comer, she'll also, like, uh, do different... I think there's a lot of scenes where she speaks probably RP, like she speaks regular British English, right? But I know there's at least, like, one episode where she speaks with a Scottish accent. Oh, 
Oh, I don't remember that one. Maybe I haven't seen it. Maybe that's season three as well. Yeah. I can't. I can't quite remember. Oh wow! Yeah, she's <laughs> absolutely amazing at it. And Sandra Oh as well, who plays the the Secret Service agent. Like, she's great as well. She's a she's a great actress. Like, there's just so much tension and suspense within a lot of the episodes and. You know, you get to see a lot of places as well because they do travel mm -hmm. around. So it's quite interesting to see that aspect as well. That is a really cool part of it. So I think like anyone that likes a kind of like the cops and robbers kind of thing, like, you know, the the good guy chasing after the bad guy. But it's it's a uh, more complicated than that, because I think most people really like the the supposed bad guy who's Villanelle. And I think the other really interesting thing about it is that generally these roles are played by men it's like usually like a male secret agent like james bond and like the bad guys usually a man right and this one both characters are female so it gives kind of like a whole new spin i think on the genre definitely it's a great one to advocate for that for sure that one i think is like another one uh, i can't wait for season four it's one of the ones that i'm most looking forward to but maybe just for time's sake we'll move on to the next one so andrea do you want to pick one off of your list yeah, I'm wondering if we're going to get through them all because it's, <laughs> once you start talking about them, it's so exciting. You really get into it. But another one that is absolutely fantastic is Ozark. And this is on Netflix as well. And it stars Jason Bateman. And mm -hmm. he's basically like a financial planner. And he gets involved in like a money laundering scheme that goes bad. He wasn't actually initially aware of it. His partner kind of was involved in it with a Mexican drug cartel. And he moves his family to the Ozarks basically to like survive and actually try to stay alive. And mm -hmm. I think it gets better with each season as well. The last one was incredible because like initially his family are so against it and then what happens is his wife starts to get involved. You see how their characters change. You see this other place as well. Like you see the Ozarks, I'd never heard of them. I think they're in Missouri, this area in, in the States. Mm -hmm. And you could just kind of see how their life is totally turned around. Yeah, it sounds a little bit like Breaking Bad. I mean, I, I haven't seen it. I've heard really great things from, I mean, I should probably add it to my list as well of, of series to watch, but uh, it sounds like a, a little bit like that kind of thing, but it's like someone who is like a good, normal person somehow gets kind of like involved in a really criminal life, right? Exactly. Yeah, it really is similar in that way. And oh, I, I definitely recommend you watch it. I think if you're going to start something new, it has to be Ozark. I think, you know, you have to stick with it a bit at the beginning of the the first season because... Maybe it's a little bit slower, but it really gets better. It's definitely worth watching. That was something that like we really looked forward to during the first lockdown as well, because mm -hmm. I think the new season came out during that period. So it was like, oh yeah, we can watch Ozark tonight. And it was something to look <laughs> forward to. Yeah, I think all of these series that have been coming out with their new seasons this last year, they've been having a heyday. What does that mean, a heyday? If you have a heyday, it's like you have a lot of success, right? So... Basically, all of these series, since everyone's like home anyway, they've been able probably to get most of their viewership back. 
Definitely. And maybe ones that people wouldn't normally watch have been a lot more successful <laughs> because everyone's watching more TV. Exactly. They're probably the only ones that wanted the quarantine to last a little bit longer. So maybe I can suggest to you one now off of my list. Mm -hmm. So maybe you've actually seen part of this. It's the most recent one that I watched and it's called The Queen's Gambit. If you haven't heard of it, maybe you've been living under a rock because I think I feel like everyone is talking about this series. But uh, one of the things that I found really amazing is that I thought it would be overrated, but it totally was not. And I wasn't at all attracted to this at first because it's about chess. And I think chess sounds like about the most boring thing that you could like watch a series about, but it's absolutely fascinating because you're watching basically a, a girl who's a prodigy. What's a prodigy, Andrea? She has a special gift in playing chess. Mm -hmm. So you could be a prodigy of anything, right? Like, a, yeah. I don't know. There's... Uh, is it Billy Elliot is like the, the ballet prodigy or I think there's a lot of stories like this of, of children who have like a natural gift for something, right? Exactly, yeah. So it's this little girl who plays chess better than most adults who've been playing it all their life and kind of watching her uh, growing up and learning about how to improve her skills to compete against the best people in the world and everything and how she kind of is traveling around the, the country and, and the world to compete. And so it's, again, it's something that sounded really boring when I first heard about it, but it's absolutely fascinating kind of watching because it's not so much just about chess, it's more about this girl's journey to kind of growing up and everything and, and honing her skills. So I think for anyone that's watching this, maybe it's, uh, I think for anyone that likes kind of like learning new skills in something, it gives you a lot of respect for someone's ability to gain a certain level of mastery in something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've only seen the first episode and I really enjoyed it. And it actually made me want to start playing chess. Like I had never right. thought about um, playing or learning how to play chess, but it does sound like, cause it's a game of strategy and everything. It does sound mm -hmm. quite interesting. And I'm curious to maybe try it. But it's definitely one that I'm going to stick with. I'm looking forward to watching. I think there's six parts, right? Seven. Seven. I okay. Mm -hmm. It goes by really fast, but I also like watching it. It felt like I've been watching it kind of in, in a good way. It felt like I'd been with it for a long time because the story is so encompassing and everything that it, I think I binged it in one weekend and it felt like I'd been, you know, watching it for much longer. Oh, Wow. What, you used a really good expression there. You said you were encompassed. Did you say encompassed? Yeah, like maybe it's all encompassing. Like it's something that, uh, something that's all encompassing. Kind of it covers or contains everything. So, in that sense, it almost like um, surrounds your life in a sense that you almost feel like you're in that world. So mm -hmm. I think if you're talking about a series or a book or a movie that's all encompassing, in that sense, it's kind of like it sucks you into it really. Mm, that's another good one. Yeah, you get sucked in. Exactly. <laughs> so what's the next series that you got sucked into last year, Andrea? So the next one that I think was really popular that lots of people were waiting for was The Last Dance. And this was a documentary. It was a 10-part documentary. And the annoying thing about it was that I think there was just one episode released each week. So it was kind of one of those that you couldn't binge watch but you looked forward to watching it the, the following week. And this is all about the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. And the reason it's called The Last Dance is because I, I believe the manager termed their kind of like their last season together, this Chicago Bulls dynasty um, of 
you, this group of players that were highly successful and the last dance was a term based on, you know, it probably being their final season playing together, like this incredible team. And so it documents this because I think that that's what happened. I think it was in 96, 97. And the, basically the cameras were following them. So it takes this as well as lots of other footage um, from Michael Jordan and then also interviewing the players, all the people involved, the staff for, for the team. And they are asked questions about the events that happened now. So it's really good to see their take on it as well. And it's great if you're a basketball fan, then it's amazing because you've probably known about this. I didn't know that much about it. Like, obviously I know who Michael Jordan is. <laughs> I knew that he was a superstar and that he changed the Chicago Bulls and there was this amazing team that he played with but for me I found it so inspiring and so interesting to learn about their work ethic and what they achieved so it's a def it's definitely a really inspiring one definitely it sounds a little bit like the Queen's Gambit too in the sense that even if you don't like chess it's one that you'd really like and from I mean I haven't seen the last dance but from what I've heard from a lot of people who aren't really basketball fans, that they still were also like sucked into it. Definitely. I think that's what happened with me as well. It was fascinating, really inspiring, and I highly recommend it. We did make a lesson with The Last Dance actually as well. So if you haven't seen that, you can check it out. You'll learn lots of different basketball terms uh, amongst other things as well. Totally. So this reminds me of one on my list, not that it has anything to do with it, but the name is The Last Kingdom, was another one of my favorites that I watched last year. And it was, I think there's four seasons of it already, so I hadn't seen it at all. And actually it was my mom who recommended it to me. Um, and I, I believe I also like binged on that one over several weeks because it's, it's a lot of episodes and everything. But what I really loved about this one is it's um, in a sense kind of like we were talking about with the crown, just kind of like the history of the United Kingdom, I guess, of, of the, the British islands, uh, because it's about when the Vikings come and like take over from the people who were living there then and kind of about a king who's trying to unify England against the Vikings. So it's a much further back history, which I didn't really know anything about. I don't know how accurate it actually is, but... I find it like uh, extremely fascinating kind of seeing these two, seeing the Vikings and the, the different people who are living in Britain and everything and this kind of story of, of them trying to like fight and everything. I think anyone who really likes Game of Thrones, it's a little bit, it doesn't have like the fantasy aspects, like there's no dragons or anything like that, but it has like all these different kind of people who are trying to grab power and everything. And it's really interesting seeing the relationships between them. Yeah, that's definitely one on my to watch list because that sounds really interesting. <laughs> I like more historical series as well. So definitely one to watch for me. And I think it's a pretty easy one to understand both the English in it and the main characters actually, he's um, a kid who is, is British, but he his family's killed and he's brought up He's raised by the Vikings. And so his way of speaking, I think, is really easy to understand because he kind of speaks, I think, with this probably Scandinavian accent, I suppose, is what they would be using. So I think it, it would almost be like um, listening to a non-native speaker in some sense. So that can be uh, another really great reason to watch it. Nice. That sounds interesting. So I think we might have to kind of go through the 
the ones that are left on our list a little bit faster so that we can get through them all right. I'll do a, a lightning yeah. round, right? I'm serious. <laughs> so the next one that I probably binged watched a bit as well was Curb Your Enthusiasm because there was a new mm-hmm. a new season. I think it was season 10. And this is a comedy. It's absolutely hilarious. It stars Larry David, um, basically kind of playing himself, slightly fictionalized version. So it is exaggerated. Mm-hmm. But what I love about it is how he takes like really simple things that maybe we think about, for example, cutting in a line and a whole episode <laughs> is not based on this, but it comes around. So it's kind of like comes full circle. So I remember one It's called like the chat and cut where someone comes and chats to someone that's in a line or in a queue and starts chatting to them. And you might see them and you'd be like, oh, look at them, look at what they're doing. They're cutting in line by chatting to that person. But what what Larry David does is he will actually say something to that person. So whereas we'll all keep quiet, he'll be like, I know what you're doing. You're doing the chat and cut. And this, you know, it's just so hilarious. I love it. And there's so many things like this and it's a really good quick one to watch it's fun you don't have to think about Mm -hmm. it and i highly recommend it you'll learn a lot of humor as well because he has a Mm -hmm. kind of distinct kind of humor so it's a good one for learning more about culture as well and things like that yeah larry david's absolutely brilliant if anyone knows the series seinfeld which was one of the most popular comedy series of all time in the us i'm actually like re-watching that one now so it's another Absolutely fantastic one for learning about American culture. But Larry David was the producer of it. And he actually based a, a character in that series off himself as well. So it's kind of a similar sort of humor. So if you like Curb Your Enthusiasm, that could be another really great one to check out, even though it's a bit older. The next one I have on my list is a comedy if, for people who like animation. It's called Big Mouth. And it's basically focused on on puberty, on that like that, that like really awkward time of life when you know you're in high school at least in the united states and you're kind of going through the changes that one goes through and it's kind of dealing with different situations like that which makes it absolutely hilarious but of course like based on that subject there's a lot of things about sex and things like this that uh might not be for everyone so if you're looking for something more sensitive then you might want something else on this list cool i haven't seen that one but it's definitely it sounds interesting as well if it's animated It makes my sides hurt every time I watch it because it's just like I laugh so much. Yeah. So moving on from comedies, the next one on my list is The Haunting of Hill House. And this was recommended by my sister-in-law. And I was like, "Mm, not really my thing. I'm not sure about it, but it's actually really good. It's not super scary. So like I wouldn't worry about it um, if you're nervous to watch it for that reason. You could sleep okay at night after watching. Okay, if you're scared of ghosts, maybe don't watch it because <laughs> then maybe you won't sleep well. But it's actually a really good story. And it was like, we really enjoyed watching it. The cast is excellent. This is a story about this family and how their lives are affected by what happens when they move to this house. So it it mm-hmm. moves through present day to their experience when they were kids. So it's really interesting mm-hmm. and I highly recommend it for anyone that's not too afraid of ghosts. Like it's not one of those like really scary kind of ghost mo- ghost series. It's it's more about the story of the family. That sounds like a good one. I'm not into to horror series so, or movies, so I'm not sure that I would watch that one. But 
for people who are into that. It's definitely nice to have one of those uh, on today's list. Moving on, uh, I guess we each just have a couple more. One of the ones that I really enjoyed was the second season of The Boys from Amazon Prime, which is, if, if you, you like superhero movies or superhero series, I think it's a really great one because it almost is kind of like satirical with these uh, this whole superhero genre because it kind of takes like, if superheroes were really real and someone was kind of like using it as uh, to build a business around. So there's kind of like a, a really probably the busy, biggest business in the world that's kind of like exploiting these superheroes and using them for like different marketing things and to to make money and everything. And so that makes it like really humorous. And it's kind of about a group, a, a gang of guys that are going against the superheroes because the superheroes are actually not doing things that are so great. And so it's them trying to kind of like expose what's really happening. So I think that's one, it's really different as far as like that genre goes, but it's really funny and, and it also will have you on the edge of your seat. That one is also on my list. I really, that sounds really <laughs> interesting. I really want to see that one. <laughs> Definitely a lot of series to watch this yes. weekend. So the last one on my list is The Undoing. And this, I think this one was on HBO because I think it was, I'm not sure, but I think it was made in Britain, but it was on a, a UK satellite channel. So I think that's why it's on HBO. They got the rights. And it stars Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant, who are two amazing actors anyway. But it's such an incredible story. It has you on the edge of your seat because it's all to do with a murder, basically, and, you know, an affair that he has and how he's involved. And you just don't know what the outcome of it is until the last episode and there's only six episodes so it's it's not very long at all and it was again one that we had to wait for each week it wasn't just on there so that we could binge watch it but now you can and I highly recommend it yeah that sounds like a great one to binge on the weekend I actually have that one at the top of my list to watch so hopefully I'll be watching it soon as well and I absolutely love Nicole Kidman and there's some other series that they did a little bit similar recently with her, like uh, Big Little Lies. That was mm. another HBO one, I believe. So yeah. if you really like them doing, that could be a, the next one you might want to check out is Big Little Lies. Definitely. Um, so my last one, which I also just finished not too long ago, is The Man in the High Castle. So I don't I don't know if the last season actually ended last year, but it's, um, it ended fairly recently. So it's just four seasons and, and that's it. They're not making any new ones, which is, I think, also nice. I like starting series that I know when it's going to have an end and I'm not going to have to like wait. And this one, the premise again is like super interesting because it's about if the Axis powers had won World War II. So if Germany and Japan had been uh, successful over the United Kingdom and the United States and France and the rest of the allied powers during World War II. And so basically it's like, you know, the United States, it takes place mostly in the United States. And one part, the eastern part, has been basically taken over by the Nazi Reich. And the western part has been taken over by the Japanese, uh, the Japanese Empire. And the central part is called like the neutral zone. And so it's like a, it's a zone that doesn't really belong to anyone, to either party. And it's, it's kind of like the wild west in a sense. And so it's kind of, you see the story progressing in these three parts. And it wasn't at all really what I was expecting. Uh, it was much, much different than, I mean, there's kind of like a twist, I think, at the end of the first season. And it takes it in a direction that uh, even gets a little bit science fiction-y. 
but it's just like such a great series. There's another one that'll have you on the edge of your seat. Um, and it's, it's one of those ones that it's, how would you say this? It kind of like blows your mind in some sense, because kind of thinking about how easily history might've changed, you know, given if, you know, the United States had been unsuccessful in creating the atomic bomb, for example. So it's one that if you're looking for something that you'll, uh, also you could kind of like binge and everything because it's super fascinating. That could be a great one to watch. I think I'm going to have trouble choosing what to watch first <laughs> because that one also sounds really interesting. Oh gosh, at least I have the list here so I can always come back to it. Exactly. And listen <laughs> to the podcast again as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the ones we have for you here, but we also will be sharing uh, four more over on Instagram that we absolutely love. So I think I have uh, a drama and, uh, and a comedy and Andrea has... I'm not actually sure what genres would you say those two are? A comedy, and then the other one is kind of a comedy drama. Fantastic. I've heard those called also a dramedy. Oh, dramedy. you ever heard that term? Yeah, I have, yeah. It's a bit of a mix. (laughs) So there you go. So if you want even more series, then head over to our Instagram at reallife.english. And also, we have a couple of lessons on our Learning with TV series channel, which if you're watching on YouTube, we can link up at the top and down in the description below. And... Uh, we have one that's on like the top 10 series. I actually made this list based on the series from, uh, that I'd watched in 2019. And so you'll, you'll, there's maybe a couple from this list that will be repeat, but most of them you won't have heard. And then the top Netflix series, which I think most of them also were not on this list. So you have series galore to choose from, to practice your English with. I think if you are in lockdown during all of 2021, you will not end uh, on things to entertain yourself. For sure. Hopefully that won't happen, but at least during the winter, you'll have lots of things Mm -hmm. to choose from. Curl up with a hot cup of tea or hot cocoa and watch a really great series. Definitely. So that said, thanks so much for joining us here today. And we'll see you next week on the Real Life English Podcast. One, two, three. Ah, yeah. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Then I have a couple great recommendations for you. First of all, check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV Series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Second, if you like our podcast, then our real-life native immersion course is perfect for you. It is the next best thing to studying abroad in an English-speaking country. Try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod to sign up. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah.